Could I possibly be more excited about a new game than this? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to. This week, I'm going to subject you to a massive geek out about a game I have gone a little crazy for. A controversial game that I just can't get enough of. In the game spotlight this week, XCOM. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Welcome back, Steve Tassie. Hello. And Todd Campbell. Hey. In a previous episode, we talked about the use of electronics in tabletop games, and although there's a fair bit to like, there were no examples, or at least not many, that integrated the tech completely into the game. This week, we're going to talk about a pioneer title in this area. Full disclosure, folks, uh, Mr. Eric M. Lang, the designer of XCOM, is a friend of mine. My opinions may be somewhat biased, so take them with a grain of salt. Uh, Steve, we've played this game together. Yes. Uh, Todd, you haven't tried it yet. I have not, but I'm dying to. How much do you know about this? Did you play the, the video game? I did not. So I know nothing about the uh, the game uh, and, and its lore. Um, Usually if something's like a board game adaptation of a video game, that's kind of the kiss of death, right? Kind of. There's been some I've liked a lot. Such as? Uh, Doom. I love the old Doom oh, yeah. board game. Uh, and also... It's a precursor to Descent. Yes, yes. I actually think it's a better Descent because it's streamlined. It's a little simpler. And for my much text. more brutal. And, and extremely <laughs> brutal. And uh, cool it, minis. It, yes. Not that Descent doesn't have cool minis, but Doom It does a really good job at, uh, at, at representing the video game. There's also uh, the Bioshock Batman. video game. Bioshock uh, the, Siege the of game. Columbia. Yes. A very, very good board game adaptation of a video game. But you're okay. right. Most of the time, they stink. Hubert. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, why don't you just run us through the general idea here? Okay, well, uh, most people who are thinking about playing XCOM have probably already played the video game. But so, but quickly, the idea is that aliens are invading Earth. Oh, no! And a big global organization has come together that uses troops and technology and whatnot to fight off the invasion. And uh, people die horribly. It's, 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 uh, a you, lot. You want to talk brutal. But, uh, uh, so it is a co-op. Yes, it's a straight co-op game right. uh, uh, between one to four players. Uh, if you have four players, that's probably the ideal. If you have less than that, you're going to double up on some of those jobs. Okay. Uh, the board in XCOM is uh, primarily a map of the world. It's the different continents of the world, but it does have special spots for each of the four jobs to be doing their own little thing on. Yeah, you've got but, your sort of command console in front of you, and there's a yeah. panic track that shows you how, how, how panicked each of the continents are by stuff that's going on. With them the yeah, moment. the worse things get, the more panicked the continents become, and the more screwed the game gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are there are the, the continents, and each continent has spots where UFOs can appear. There is uh, part of the board is just the planet uh, because UFOs can come and just orbit the planet, just kind of hang out, <laughs> be jerks, monkey with the, the human satellites, and, and make life difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are four roles in the game, as seems to be so common amongst co-op games. Um, you have the commander, the one person who's in charge of uh, making sure everything's on budget. You only have so much money to spend, and if you go over budget, things go to heck real fast. So you've got to make sure that the other people aren't spending too much money. In addition, you have stuff of your own to spend money on, which is excellent fighter jets that go and shoot down UFOs if you're lucky. 
Um, but their basic job is say, scientists, no, you can't spend that much. You can't have that many guys. Squad commander, no, you cannot take that many <laughs> troops on the mission. Bring some back. I can't afford that. Um, then you have the scientist. The scientist's job is very chill, very relaxed. Hey, I'm a scientist. I'm in my lab. And, oh, look, I made some cool armor for you. Uh, <laughs> and their job is to research the tech that makes everybody else better at the game. They can take uh, salvage, so bits and pieces of alien tech or alien body parts uh, that come up when the other players kill off the aliens and turn that into more technology, which is kind of cool. Uh, so it allows you to turn your successes into more successes. Um, you have the squad leader who his job or her job is to allocate troops to the different places that actual physical soldiers are needed. They choose which missions to go yeah, on. There are missions that need completing. There is a base that needs defending because if the base gets overrun by the aliens, we lose. Planet Earth is conquered. Um, they also have uh, the Sky Ranger where if they send troops to this uh, it can alleviate one of the crises that the commander has to deal with. Um, and then we have the central uh, control who runs the app. That's your job. That's most of your job is mm -hmm. to keep track of what's going on in the app and let people know when it's time for them to make their decisions and how little time they have to do those decisions in. So uh, short version, central officer manages focus. Mm -hmm. Commander manages global issues, big picture stuff. Scientist manages long-term stuff. And the squad, the squad leader manages risk. So this isn't like Pandemic where you're all doing the same actions with a special ability. This, each player has a very different way to play the game. Absolutely. And they Amazing. all interweave. Yeah. The scientist makes everybody else better. The, uh, the central uh, control can move the jet fighters around. Mm -hmm. So changing the decisions that the commander has made with where to put the planes. But it's good that he can do that because the central control officer has more information about where the UFOs are actually going to be showing up. So the, the mm -hmm. commander might think, based on what they know, this is where they need to go. And then the control officer gets more information. Goes, oh, no, no, no. Move those. Move those over there. <laughs> um, the squad leader can kill off the aliens and give that tech to the, um, to the scientists to make better tech. The, they also, as I said, have the Sky Ranger, which helps the commander figure out, uh, hey, I don't have to deal with that crisis anymore because my... my my Sky Rangers took care of it. They... The squad leader also has to decide how much danger to put their troops in. Because yeah. the longer the troops stay in the field fighting aliens, the greater the risk that they're going to die. And hiring more soldiers costs money, and as the commander will tell you, we don't have enough for that. Yeah. No. Don't get your guys killed, because I'm not buying you new toys. <laughs> <laughs> now, the game is played over a series of rounds. Each round has two parts. The first part is timed, and that uses the app. So the, the central officer is sitting there saying, all right, commander, draw a crisis. You have 12 seconds. The commander has to look at two crisis cards to decide which horrible thing is going to happen. They have that much time to consult with the other players about which horrible thing would be less horrible considering the other situation because they don't know the entire situation because there's too much going on for one person to know everything. And that goes in there. All right, uh, uh, sci chief scientist, 
put something into Research Bay 1. The chief scientist then has to choose a tech, and of course they want to consult with the other players as far as what's most useful for the present situation. Do we want to make the jets better? Do we want to make the soldiers more right. durable? Do we want to make the soldiers more deadly? And how many scientists can I afford to put on this, Commander? Not that many. It's a really good tech. Put Are one you back. sure we don't want to put two on this? Oh, we don't Get have some from You can pull some from, from, from emergency funding. You can do this. This is actually what it sounds like to play yeah. out. Right. <laughs> um, so this goes on. Everybody's got tasks to do. Some of those tasks are just procedural. It's like, okay, the squad leader draws an enemy card and puts it in the base. Uh, about half of them involve making crucial choices, though. And all and, these choices are timed. Yep. Is it the same time each round, or does <laughs> Not, it vary? It, it, it varies uh, according to a number of things. There are certain tasks which are more difficult that allow more time. Mm-hmm. If you're playing with less than four players, then the people who have to do double duty doing multiple jobs will receive more time for everything they do. Mm-hmm. And if the aliens have decided that it would be fun to scramble our communications, we get less time. <laughs> that happens if there are UFOs in orbit. And it's not just a question of them giving us less time. Sometimes they put the tasks in the wrong order. So it's like, okay, squad leader, put troops in to defend the base. There are no enemies in the base. Yet. Which enemies? We don't know! Which troops do I send? <laughs> we don't know! We can't tell. Our signals are being jammed. So oh, That's amazing. It, it, yeah. It's kind of uh, intense. Something that I think the app does beautifully that would be next to impossible to actually replicate that same effect uh, with a board game. I mean, maybe with a lot of charts and random rolling of dice, you might be able to generate the same sort of chaos, but the app does it gloriously another interesting thing which is only possible with an app is that the central officer has one more crucial resource to manage and that's time they have a special pool of extra time about 20 seconds which they can use to pause the clock so and if and if and that's if, for the whole game 20 <laughs> seconds no, no, it's, 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 it's for a round it's for a round these these, these, time, these timed rounds last about three minutes and mm. if there's a particular task, like, no, that's not enough time. Okay, I'm pausing the clock. You have 10 extra seconds. Um, the, it's, it's really interesting because if you finish a task early, some of the extra time gets added to your pad of extra time that you can use. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, sometimes you just want to let the clock run out because you have a little bit more that way. And that way everybody gets to take a moment to sort of take stock and see what's going on. Even when you're not up, even when you're not being told to do a task right now, you need to be thinking about what you're going to be doing later. You need to be talking to the other players about their situation so that you know how you can help them. That's the timed phase. Once the timed phase runs out, this is about three minutes of just white knuckle trying to deal with this stuff. The clock stops and we go to the resolution phase. That's the second half of the round. And that is where everything is determined as far as was it successful? What got blown up? Who did we kill? How much salvage did we get? Uh, Which text did we research? Yeah. Right, How many UFOs right. are still out there? Every UFO that's hovering over North America is going to cause North America to become one step more panicked than it was before. If two continents get to the end of the panic track, that's game over. Hmm. Uh, if there are UFOs that uh, are in orbit and satellites weren't able to disrupt them, then next round we are going to have problems with the app. If there are aliens who are still in the base, they're going to do damage to the base. If the mission hasn't been accomplished, then it's going to take us longer to find the enemy's HQ. We need to do all of these things. There's not enough time and not enough money to do Mm. all of them. And the resolution phase uses dice. 
There are, uh, you use dice based on how many scientists or soldiers or jet fighters or satellites. Yeah, if you you're, put more manpower having. on a task, mm-hmm. then you get to roll more dice to yeah. have a greater chance of succeeding. Some of your dice, you get to roll more dice because your guys are better at a particular thing. Or they have a technology that the chief scientist researched that makes you better at it. But there's a push your luck element because <laughs> in addition to rolling your own dice, you also roll a die for the aliens. And as long as the die for the aliens doesn't equal the current threat level... Which goes up every time you roll again. You're cool. (laughs) But you maybe didn't get enough successes on your roll. So it's like, well, we're going to push it. We're going to earn some more successes by rolling again. But now we have a threat level two. And then, oh, we only got one more success. We still need... I'm going to roll again. But now it's threat level three. And every time you get more and more likelihood that not only uh, can you earn the successes you need, but it's more likely that the aliens are going to fight back hard enough that they wipe out your guys or your jets or your scientists. Yeah. If if your scientists keep pushing to try to get this breakthrough in time, it means they're ignoring safety and there could be a lab accident that injures them and puts them out of action for a turn. Your interceptors could try to stay in range of the UFOs to keep shooting and keep shooting, keep shooting. But the longer they stay in combat, the greater the chance they're going to get shot down. And of course your poor soldiers have it worse than anyone. Because they want to push through multiple tasks, and Thread is not going to reset to back to one between these. Now, what's the learning curve on this game for learning the individual roles and really enjoying coming up with the, the strategies that you need to win the game? Individual roles are fairly simple to learn. It's the over, yeah. if, you, if, you have to, if you have to teach the whole game, it's difficult. Yeah. But if each player only needs to learn their individual task... Not hard at all. I've only played the game once. I played mm-hmm. as the commander, but I feel that I know enough about how the other roles work that I could do those roles. I can't say that I'd be good at them, but I understand the basic mechanics of how to be the central control, how to be the scientist, and how to be the squad leader, even just after a single game. Because they're so integrated mm-hmm. in how they interact with one another, you need to understand them in order... to I need to know how the scientist works in order to know how much I can fund them or which crises to choose uh, when it's crisis time. So, Well, there are ways to mitigate that, though. Well, we'll talk about those a little bit. I mean, there, one obvious way to mitigate that difficulty is to adjust the difficulty level. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, when you play on easy level, the central officer has an unlimited amount of pause time. They can just pause whenever they want. It's fine. Oh. Uh, but then there's normal, hard, and expert after that. So if you want challenge, you can get challenge. If you want things to be a bit more manageable... You can get that as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Todd, impressions? Have you heard of all this stuff? It sounds very interesting. I, I'm dying to play it. Um, I'm a big fan of Eric's games, uh, so so that's a big plus. And it's, it sounds extremely immersive and extremely thematic, which is another big plus for me. Um, I'm very curious, though, about what it would be like as a single-player game. I'm one of those rare gamers who will actually set up a single-player <laughs> game and play it. Um, <laughs> I did try it once. On easy, I tried it first on easy mode, and I won by the skin of my teeth, and then I played on normal and just got rocked. It was yeah. not close. I just, I was, <laughs> wow. Was, now, was there something that you, like you didn't do a rule properly in the first time, or just the, the no, luck of the draw? No, no, it's just having unlimited pause time is really, really useful. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, is this going into the cafe's library? That is a tough question. Um, Not everyone is going to have the right device to operate this when they're at the cafe. Uh, From what I've heard, it's much better to use a tablet than a phone. 
And while everyone comes in with a phone, pretty much, not everyone is necessarily going to have a tablet to get the best I experience. Need to, I need to try it with a phone. It seems like the hotspots are pretty big. I mean, there's only really one button you no. need to press. Well, two buttons. There's done, and then there's pause. Um, the other... Will it come in? That depends of, on how many people ask us. Oh, you hear if, that, listeners? If there's more interest, then uh, I, I'm, I'm very close to saying yes, <laughs> but I'm not there yet because um, I'm not sure how good a game for our usual customers mm. XCOM is. It, it, I really enjoy it. It's a great game. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not sure how many of our customers are going to... It's got a built-in mm, tutorial. Yeah. goes easy on the guru. Is it? <laughs> On the heavier end of our spectrum of games, as like, like Dead of Winter, like Dead of Winter, or or anything that's along that that medium it's, to heavy strategy. It's wall. more complicated than a lot of games, not because the rules themselves are complicated, but because of that level of interaction and, and intricate interweaving uh, between roles and having to yeah, the complexity is emergent. Yeah, so it it's probably a different experience than what most of our customers want. But if enough people are like, do you have XCOM? Then, yeah, I'm going to open it. I see what you're saying. Because there's another game that we have at Snakes that uh, is extremely simple that I have a hard time teaching. That's Skull. Yep. Mm. Cockroach Poker is the one I always bring instead of Skull because you're absolutely right. And Skull is dead easy. It's probably one of the simplest games we have in the cafe. Yet, for whatever reason, people can't understand the, uh, the bluffing Aspect of it's it. hard to figure out what to do. I mean, the rules mm-hmm. are explained, but what do I do? I yeah. played a game of that once with a guy who, by the end of the game, I was still 100% convinced he had no idea how the game worked. <laughs> that happens in XCOM. The game will end very, very yeah. quickly. <laughs> so there's that. And that's it for the Snakescast this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the spotlight, tweet it to us at Snakescast and keep listening on the first and maybe second Tuesday of every month. Music for the Snakescast is provided by Ben Sound. The show is produced by P.T. Douglas. Opinions expressed on this show come from the people on it, not the company behind it. And the aliens in orbit. Special thanks to Steve Tassie, Todd Campbell, and the aliens. Thank you all. Leap blur. <laughs> see you next week, everyone. Game on.